Hello, word nerds. Welcome to this episode called The Dictionary. Every single episode is called The Dictionary. The first word is bleach. B-L-E-A-C-H. It is the first form verb from uh, before the 12th century, starting with transitive definitions. One, to remove color or stains from. Two, A, to make whiter or lighter especially by physical or chemical removal of color, as in bleach clothing, also as in the sun had bleached her hair. There was a video store that I would go to as a kid. I actually ended up working there uh, after high school. But they, um, the kids section of the, the, the movies were right in front of the window. And over the years, the, the covers to the movies just got bleached by the sun Um, and so all of the kids movies were just like half faded uh, because they just were in the same place for many 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 years I just remembered that's that's what I think of when I think of something getting bleached by the sun to be to remove make dull or sanitize as if by removing color as in bleaches colonialism of its genocidal legacy that is a quote from H.A. Giro. Giro is G-I-R-O-U-X, in case you want to look that up. Now we have the intransitive definitions. One, to grow white or lose color. Number two is talking about coral. To expel symbiotic uh, zoosanthalae, exposing a white skeleton. I don't know if you've ever seen pictures of bleached coral, but uh, we're seeing a lot more of that because of climate change and other things. The, a lot of the coral is dying around the world. Um, and so they get bleached and they die and they are not good and the whole ecosystem gets screwed up because you need coral. Bleachable is an adjective. Um, let's see, this is from Middle English blechen, from Old English bleichian. Uh, not how it's pronounced, akin to the Old English block, which means pale, uh, probably akin to the Latin flagrare, which means to burn, and there's more at the word black. Now we have the second form of bleach. It is a noun from 1887. One, the act or process of bleaching. Two, a preparation used in bleaching. Number three, the degree of whiteness obtained by bleaching. All right, now we are at the top of the second column of page 131. The next word is bleacher, noun from 1550. One, one that bleaches or is used in bleaching. Number two, a usually uncovered stand of tiered planks providing seating for spectators, usually used in plural. Bleacherite, that's a weird word. That is a noun. Is that one who is sitting in the bleachers? Um, I am curious where the word bleacher came from in terms of uh, sports games and spectators. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's super obvious to me, or super obvious, but I am not thinking of what that is. Uh, okay, next is bleaching powder. Two words, noun from circa 1830. A white powder consisting chiefly of calcium hydroxide, calcium chloride, and calcium hypochlorite, and used as a bleach, disinfectant, or deodorant. I don't know if I've said this before, but when I was younger, I couldn't say deodorant. I said derodient. 
Next is the word bleak, B-L-E-A-K. Adjective from 1574. One, exposed and barren and often windswept. Number two, synonyms are cold and raw, as in a bleak November evening. 3A, lacking in warmth, life, or kindliness. Synonym is grim. Uh, 3B, not hopeful or encouraging. Synonym is depressing, as in a bleak outlook. I think we've all had bleak days. Uh, The weather, especially in the fall and winter, can make us feel like that. But, you know, it could happen in the summer, too. Uh, Or there's people who live in the far north or far south who probably feel like that as well, just because of the weather and the sun. Um, Let's see. Now we have 3C. Severely simple or austere. A synonym for everything is the word dismal. Bleakly is an adverb, and bleakness is a noun. And a similar etymology to bleach, um, except Middle English bleke, B-L-E-K-E, which means pale, and probably akin to the Old English black, B-L-A-C. Next is the word blear, B-L-E-A-R. It is the first form. Um, It is a transitive verb from the 14th century. One, to make the eyes sore or watery. So to make sore or watery, often talking about the eyes. Um, And then number two, synonyms are dim and blur, B-L-U-R. This is from Middle English, bleren, probably from the Old English, blerion, akin to the Lower German blierogd, B-L-E-E-R hyphen O-G-E-D, blierogd, which means bleary-eyed. All right, we have a bunch of more blear and bleary words coming up right now. Second form of blear, it is an adjective from the 14th century. One, dim with water or tears. Number two, obscure to the view or imagination. Next is blear-eyed. That's uh, that word, blear-ogd. Blear-eyed is next with a hyphen, adjective from the 14th century, and the synonym is bleary-eyed with a hyphen, which is coming up. But first, we just have bleary. Not bleary-eyed, just bleary. Adjective from the 14th century. Number one is of the eyes or vision. Dull or dimmed, especially from fatigue or sleep. Number two, poorly outlined or defined. Synonym is dim, as in a bleary view. Number three, very tired, as in bleary travelers. And what do these bleary travelers often have? They often have bleary eyes. Uh, Again, it's coming up. Blearily is an adverb, and bleariness is a noun. Here we go with bleary-eyed. It is an adjective from circa 1927, having the eyes dimmed and watery, as from fatigue, drink, or emotion. Hmm. So many ways you can become bleary-eyed. Next is bleat, B-L-E-A-T. First form, um, it is a verb from before the 12th century, starting off with intransitive, 1A, to make the natural cry of a sheep or goat. Also, to utter a similar sound. Uh, 1B, synonym is whimper. 2A, to talk complainingly 
or with a wine. That, of course, is W-H-I-N-E, not W-I-N-E. And then uh, 2B, synonym is blather. Now we have um, the transitive definition, which says to utter in a bleeding manner. Bleeding, B-L-E-A-T, not B-L-E-E-D. Um, by the way, in uh, let's see, I think it was two episodes ago, we had the word blat, which also talked about the sound that a calf or a sheep makes. Uh, so this is, or goat, I guess. Uh, so this is similar, but different. The etymology says, um, let's see, uh, Middle English, bleten, from Old English, bleatan, or blaitan, akin to the Latin flere, which means to weep. From Old English, bellan, which means to roar, and there's more at the word bellow. Now we have the second form of bleat. It is a noun from circa 1505. Uh, here's the connection to blat. Number one, the cry of a sheep or goat. Also, a similar sound, and that's the end of that sentence, um, as in the bleat of a cell phone. What? Do cell phones make the sounds of a sheep or a goat? I mean, you could obviously, ooh, that would be actually a pretty funny ringtone to have your, <laughs> that's making me laugh, to have your phone sound like a, a sheep or a goat. All right, I might have to do that. Um, I'm still confused as to why we have two versions of this, blat and bleat. All right, number two, a feeble outcry, protest, or complaint. And then our last word for this episode might be my favorite. It is the word bleb, B-L-E-B, noun from 1607. One, a small blister. Number two, synonym is bubble, also a small particle. Number three, something resembling a bleb. Well, a bleb is something that resembles a bleb? Okay, especially a vesicular outgrowth of a plasma or nuclear membrane. Did not expect that one. Blebbing is a noun. Hey, let's go blebbing. And then blebby is an adjective. Uh, this is perhaps an alternative of the word blob. I don't think that um, that horror movie from back in the day would have uh, had quite the same feeling uh, if, you, if it was just called the bleb. <laughs> But now I think somebody should make that horror movie. Um, okay, I think I am going to have to pick bleb as the word of the episode because I think that word is hilarious, even though sometimes it has to do with a vesicular outgrowth of a plasma or nuclear membrane. Thank you to everybody for listening. I hope you are doing well. Uh, if this is new to you or if you are new to this podcast, please go back to the beginning and start from there and tell everybody and go rate and review. I think Apple really is probably one of the very few places that you can actually rate podcasts. Um, so if you're not listening on Apple, then you might not have that option. But if you are listening on Apple, uh, please go do that. Oh, I think I got a new review recently and it was a very, very nice review. And then I went to the thing to see it because I think I got an email about it or something, but I couldn't find it when I went to the thing. Anyway, who cares? Let's end this episode. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.